Welcome to the Equipers Church Budapest podcast. We hope today's message will encourage and inspire you. For more information, check equiperschurch.au. We are in the middle of our summer series that um, is called By Faith. Um, and I believe that tonight God wants to stir our faith. Uh, faith is something incredibly foundational to us. We are believers. Amen? Amen. How many believers in the house tonight? Any believers? Any believers on the balcony? Yeah. We are believers. And so I kind of, we kind of take for granted that if we're believers that we actually live by, help me out, we live by faith. And so my message tonight is entitled, The Faith Factor. Can you say this with me? The Faith Factor. factor. I'm going to talk about the faith factor, the faith element. Uh, The Bible says that without faith, it is actually impossible to please God. If you don't have faith, it's just a game. Being a Christian is just a game. If you want to be a true follower, if you want to be a Christian, a believer, it's impossible without faith. So faith is often the missing link. It's the missing factor. It's the missing element. It's the foundational principle in our Christian walk. And I actually want to take you to a story in the Gospels, in the Bible, uh, that is one of my favorite stories. It's an amazing story. And I believe that God is going to use that story tonight to stir some faith in our hearts. Are you ready for that? Yeah, so we're going to go into the Gospel of Luke chapter 17. Uh, Gospel of Luke chapter 17. I'm going to start from verse 11. Uh, This is what Jesus says. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Got to know some geography there. It's all good. <laughs> and as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Imagine Jesus is entering a village and ten men with an incurable disease, leprosy. They meet him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master. Have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Hey, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Can you say this with me? And as they went, come on, we can do better. And as they went, they were cleansed. This is a powerful statement. And one of them, when He saw he was healed. He came back praising God in a loud voice just like you guys tonight. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And so, Jesus, we are here tonight hungry and thirsty after you. And we pray that tonight you would stir our faith. 
our expectation that you would build our faith, that we would see you move in a special way in our lives and through our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So what's the story here? It's a story about 10 uh, men, 10 people with leprosy. Now, you know, today in our time, 21st century Budapest, we don't really see the same sight. But back in those days, it was actually pretty common to see people with leprosy in, uh, in the communities, in the towns and villages, and especially outside of uh, communities. These 10 men with leprosy uh, represented a community of wounded people. A community of wounded people. They all carried the same shame, the same wounds. They were all excluded from uh, the society. You know, it's a blessing and also a curse to belong to such a group. It's a blessing and it's also a curse to belong to a group of wounded people. See, on one side, you find support and encouragement. If you feel bad, you can always go back to your friends. Why? Because they also feel bad. How I many of you know what I'm talking about? And it's incredibly encouraging if you find someone who is feeling even worse than you. You can always find somebody who is even more depressed than you are. So it's a blessing in a sense, but it's also a curse because faith is literally dead in such an environment. And uh, why, once you find identity in such an environment, it's almost impossible to change. You find identity in such a group, a community of wounded people. Uh, there is this proverb that says, birds of the same feather flock together. Me and my wounded bodies, we hurt together. We criticize everyone else, right? And we tend to surround ourselves with people who have the same pain. It's so easy to create a toxic community. Ten men, all of them had leprosy, a toxic community. They cry over their past together. They get bitter together. And they criticize the others together. So up to now we understand, right? A community of wounded people. Now in the eyes of the society, these guys, they were totally finished. People would avoid them from the distance. That people with leprosy, they actually had to cry out with a loud voice, unclean. They had to make sure nobody meets them eye to eye. They were totally disqualified, unclean. People would throw rocks at them and they would live outside of the city. Now, the bad thing is that it would only get worse. Humanly speaking, there was no hope. There was no future. There was no change. It would only get worse and eventually they would die. There were two types of leprosy in those days. Um, excuse my lack of medicinal knowledge, but I'm going to try to explain it in a very easy way. The first type, tuberculoid leprosy, was basically a nerve damage 
under the skin. And it would cause the skin to be numb. Uh, and basically the skin had no feeling. So a lot of those people with leprosy, they would basically uh, lack any feeling. You touch something and you don't feel anything with your fingers as you touch the subject or the object. Then the second type of leprosy was the lepromatous uh, leprosy, which is more severe. It was more widespread. The skin was numb. The muscles were weak. The eyebrows would disappear. The nose and the kidneys would disappear. Face was distorted. Blindness would come. And fingers eventually would be lost. It, it was a horrible disease. Now, friends, without being too spiritual about this, we all are affected in some way. We all are wounded in some way. I wonder if there's anyone here who would say, I'm totally okay. Life has been good to me. Nothing bad has ever happened to me. I haven't been hurt. I haven't been wounded. Pastor, I'm totally okay. Please don't put up your hand. Because I would have to give you an altar call immediately for hypocrisy. All of us are wounded. Amen. And we flock together by our wounds. And the best thing is if you find someone who hurts more than you. Because then it makes you more spiritual than them. Then you look more spiritual, right? I'm not as bad as these guys. These guys, they are, they are a mess. I'm so good in comparison to them, right? Now, the problem is that your wounds only get worse unless Jesus intervenes. And then you begin to disappear. Your face is distorted. You look into the mirror and you're like, who is this guy? I don't even recognize the person in the mirror. I'm not the image of God I used to be. I'm just a caricature. I'm just a damaged picture. Now, read with me verse 19. At the end, this is what Jesus told the guy. He said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Can we do this together? Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. What, what brought healing? This is the key question. I'm going to go into a couple of points here. Uh, what brought the healing? What caused the miracle? His faith. He, your faith has made you well. Not support. Not the support group. Not counseling. It's all, it's all right. But it was the faith factor that brought the healing. And I believe that what God wants to do supernaturally in the house tonight. Is to distribute doses of faith in the house. Now some of you have been... You know, carrying your wounds for too long. And it was like leprosy. And, and you've, you've started to disappear. And you've surrounded yourself with people that suffered, that are wounded. That It's time for change. It's time to step out of your support group, in a sense. To, to bring a change into your life. And it's going to be done supernaturally by the presence of Jesus as He releases faith in the house. Anybody hungry tonight? Amen. So here's the first thing that we get from this story. Number one, 
faith will get you a voice. Faith will get you a voice. This is what we read in verse 13. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. And they said, Jesus, have pity on us. Faith is the thing that gave them a voice. You know, they would not just hide in the corner anymore like a group of despised. They started to scream. They started to shout. Faith is the thing inside of you, the factor inside of you that will cause you to shout, to call on the name of Jesus. And the Bible says in the book of Romans, all who call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. All who call on the name of Jesus shall be saved. Now, I, I have this theory that these guys, they must have heard about the guy from chapter 5. In Luke chapter 5, there is another man with leprosy. He was totally covered with leprosy, the Bible says. There is a guy in chapter 5 with the same diagnosis, but his body was covered with leprosy. And he comes to Jesus. And that question breaks my heart. He says, Jesus, if you are willing, you can heal me. And Jesus simply says, hey, come on, I am willing. I would love to do that. I specialize in that. I want to heal you. Aren't you happy that Jesus has that response? Jesus is like, yeah, I'd love to heal you. I am willing. And there's an immediate miracle. And what Jesus does is, I think he was a bit of a psychologist here. He says, just promise me, don't tell anyone. And what happens if you tell someone, don't tell anyone? Of course they tell everybody, right? So the news spread. The Bible says the news spread. The crowd started to come to Jesus. And I actually have this theory that these ten men, they must have heard. So when Jesus comes now... They're like, oh, Jesus, that's a guy who healed the man who was covered with leprosy. Maybe he can do the same with us. See, friends, that is the power of the of a testimony. The power of the testimony is that if God did it once, he can do it again. If he did it with the first guy from chapter 5, he can do it with us 10 from chapter 17. You know, just before the service, we were talking with uh, one of the amazing sisters at the coffee bar. And she was sharing two testimonies to me of beautiful healings and deliverance that God has done through her this last week. You know, my faith was boosted right away. When you hear a testimony, your faith is boosted. It's like, yeah, if God did it then, He can do it again. If God did it. To this guy in chapter 5, he can do it to us in chapter 17. If God did it through her, he can do it through me. You know what I'm talking about. That is the power of the testimony. So they started to call out with a loud voice. See, faith is something that disturbed their little toxic support group. It's not going to be nice and quiet anymore here. They started to scream aloud to Jesus. 
Faith literally rescued them from this death chamber. They were dead men walking. The next thing in their life was death. It was certain. But faith took them out from the, bath, uh, from, from the death chamber. Uh, and they're, they're like, now if we're going to die, we're going to die screaming. <laughs> if humanly speaking, the next thing for us is to die. We're not going to die just passive. We're going to die screaming and calling on the name of Jesus. And that's exactly what they did. They started to call on the name of Jesus. It was a sign of desperation. It's like we don't want to die in our wounds. We don't want to die as a wreck, as a castaway. We don't want to die forgotten just on the outskirts of the society. There is a similar story in the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 7. There was a Syrian king called Ben-Hadad who besieged Samaria. And there were four men with leprosy at the gate of the city. And basically, they had this crazy idea. They said, why shall we stay here until we die? In other words, we're going to die anyway. Why should we just sit here and wait for death? Let's go. We can die trying. We can die screaming. We can die fighting. We're not just going to be passive. We're not just going to give up. We're going to die trying. Amen. See, to me, that's faith. Something started to stir inside of them. I call it a holy dissatisfaction. Something changed. Something snapped inside of them. It's like, I'm not going to just be a part of this support group. Toxic, faithless community. Something changed within them. See, if the, um, if the enemy takes your voice, he has taken everything. The enemy would want you to stay silent. To just cry over your past, lick your wounds, regret your failures. And if he manages that, he, he had won. I don't want the enemy to win. How about you? See, the Bible says the, the word of faith is near. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Romans chapter 10 verse 8. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. You got it. You have the voice. And then uh, in verse 13 it continues. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So what does faith do? The first thing faith does. It fills your mouth with a voice. It activates your confession. Uh, it, it stirs a voice inside of you. And you begin to call on the name of Jesus with the holy dissatisfaction. And you're like, Lord, I'm not just going to be happy dying passively, licking my wounds and regretting my past. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. And faith is stirred inside of you like that. 
It's like when you begin to say, I'm not going to lose my marriage. I will not end up on the street. I will not lose my kids. I will not live with my depression and so on. Faith is going to give you a voice. Amen? Amen. Here is number two. Are you ready for number two? Faith will get Jesus' attention. Can we say this together? Faith will get Jesus' attention. Verse 14, the Bible says, when he saw them, he said. I'm going to pause here a little bit. Jesus noticed their faith. He didn't just notice their condition. He noticed also the condition of their hearts. Now, this is incredibly important. Jesus noticed, of course, he noticed that there were men with leprosy. He noticed their condition and that moved his compassion but he also noticed the condition of their hearts which was faith and that moved his power all right let me say that again he saw the their their physical condition and he must have been moved by compassion but when he saw the condition of their hearts that moved the power of god your condition stirs his compassion. Your faith releases His miracle. See, when you approach God, He is looking for faith in your heart. When you come before Jesus, the first thing He is looking for is whether you have faith. When you pray, when you come before God, when you worship, the first thing God is looking for is, can I find faith? Can I recognize, can I see faith in them? It's like God has faith sensors. It's like His eyes are faith sensors. I love what the Bible says in the book of Psalms, chapter 33, verses 18 through 22. Just follow this with me. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear Him, on those whose hope is in His unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So, you know, what the Bible says here, that the eyes of God are on us who hope in Him, who trust Him. That is basically faith. He is looking for faith in the house. Now, God is in the house today. It's not just that He's omnipresent. He's actually here tonight as a friend, as, as a God, as, a, as an ever-present help in your trouble. He's here as your helper, your savior, your healer, your deliverer. He's here. And you know what He's looking for? He's looking for faith. He's like, He's looking over this auditorium. And he's looking for faith. Luke 18 verse 8. The Bible says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Again, what is God looking for? He's looking for faith. Now just to understand this a bit uh, better, uh, there is this thing called thermovision. You know what I'm talking, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Once I went hunting 
and we had these binoculars with thermovision. And you could, in total darkness, you could see movement, people, animals. It was important to distinguish between the two. It was supposed to be a joke. Thank you. Thank you so much. Now, God has a special version of uh, thermovision. It's the faith thermovision. It's like he identifies faith heat. When he's, uh, when he's looking into this room, he's looking for faith heat. Yeah, there are bodies here. But is there faith in the house? Is there, is there faith heat in the house? And I believe that God is looking tonight and He's like, yeah, there is a whole bunch of people with faith in the house at the Quippers Church in Budapest. And it's like a magnet for a miracle because there is faith in the house tonight. There's like three people with faith. Maybe some more in the back there. Oh, come on. See, faith attracts God. He is the one who plants it in our hearts in the first place. It cannot be fabricated. You cannot just kind of make up faith. Faith is not mechanical. It's the seed that God plants in our hearts by His promises, by His words. And then when you act on it, the miracle is activated. So God plants the faith in our hearts. Even today, right now as I'm preaching, God is planting the seeds of faith in your hearts. And then when you act on that, miracle is activated. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and listen to this, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You must believe that God is a rewarder. He doesn't reward your super spirituality. He simply rewards your faith. Now, I want to say that maybe some of you guys, your wounds have quenched your faith. Your past has suffocated your, your faith. It's time to stand up. Start calling on the name of Jesus. Stop licking your wounds and get hold of Jesus. Because today, God is releasing faith in the house. Faith is going to give you a voice. Faith is going to get Jesus' attention. And here is number three. Faith will get you moving. Can you turn to your neighbor and tell him, Faith is going to get you moving, brother. Faith is going to get you moving, sister. <clears throat> Verse 14, and as they went, they were cleansed. Now, uh, this is a bit striking here. Because, you know, I, as a Pentecostal preacher, I would expect that Jesus, he would come to them. And he's like, okay, gentlemen, how can I pray for you? And then he would, you know, lay hands on them. Number one, number two, number three, number four, number five, six, seven. Eight, nine, ten. Maybe he would breathe on them or anoint them with oil. 
I don't know, he would do something, right? Or maybe he would say, you demon of leprosy, come out. I don't know. What, what did he do? He simply told them, okay, guys, go shove yourselves to the priest. Nothing else, no prayer, no laying on hands, no casting out demons, no pouring of the oil, no counseling, no therapy. He just said, just go show yourselves to the priests. Now, according to the Mosaic law, uh, they, they would have to go to the priests so they could test their healing. So it was not a religious thing. Basically, what Jesus did here, he like skipped over those details, you know, like laying on of hands, pouring of oil, praying a prayer of faith. He skipped all of that, and he told them, just go test your miracle. Did you hear that? He just said, just go and test your miracle. I love this. See, and what, what did they do? They, they simply obeyed and went. Why? Because faith doesn't demand details. Faith is action. And I say it again, faith doesn't demand details, faith is action. It will lift you up, it's going to mobilize you, it will catapult you, it will get you moving. Faith will not let you die in your leprosy. It's going to make you rise from your wounds. It's going it's to it's uh, just charge you into the action. See, uh, a counseling session will not do that, and I love counseling sessions. A confession booth will not do that, and confession may be in the right place, the proper thing. A pastoral talk will not do that. Faith will. Uh, listen to this in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 17. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is accompanied by action... Is dead. If it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. When faith doesn't have the action, it's not, it's not faith. It's not real faith. It's just a theory. And then verse 22 says, You see that his faith and his actions, talking about Abraham, and his faith uh, and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. It was action. And then verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Now these guys, friends, what actually made the miracle possible was there, was the active faith. Faith with action. Faith stirred them to action. Now they could have complained, hey Jesus, you didn't lay hands on us. You, you, you laid hands on the guy in chapter 5. I want my emotional moment of healing, Jesus. None of that. They just went. They obeyed. And then verse 14. I wonder if we could, if we could have the band back. Verse 14. And as they went, they were cleansed. Wow. Listen to this. Healing followed their obedience. Their act of faith. They turned 
they left, they were making steps of faith. And as they did that, imagine this. Jesus tells, tells them to go to the priests. They turn around. They go. They start making the steps. And healing started to manifest. They started to get well. As they left, as they were making the steps of faith, healing started to come into her body. Healing started to manifest. Miracles started to manifest. Now, until now, they pursued the miracle. From now on, the miracle pursued them. Until now, they were running after the miracle. As soon as they started to make the steps of faith, the miracle was coming after them. This is what faith does, friends. And I believe that tonight God is doing that in the house. He's looking for faith. Maybe you've come tonight just, you know, looking for your miracle. But as, as faith arises in your heart, it's like God says, now your miracle will be looking after you. You're looking, your miracle will be uh, pursuing you. Now, uh, there is a footnote in this story. Because one of them had not just faith, he also had manners. And he's like, wait, a miracle happened. I got to go back to Jesus. I got to say thank you. Come on, church. And when it comes to Jesus, Jesus is not surprised that he came. He's surprised that the other nine didn't come. It's like that should be normal. Where are the other nine? Didn't I heal everyone? Didn't all of them receive their healing, their miracle? Their breakthrough. Now, you know, I love that God is looking that for a faith culture and a faith response culture. And it's like when he, God does the miracle, uh, it, it, uh, it creates a response, a, a, an atmosphere of thankfulness and praise. And then when you praise God, when you celebrate what He has done, it becomes a testimony of His power. And then others hear about it. And the miracle replicates. Then the story repeats again in other people's lives. Because when you praise God, it's like you're advertising before others what He has done in your life. Amen. I wonder if we could all stand up. In closing, I want to read from Jeremiah 17. Verse 14. Actually, we can all read this. It says, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. This is a good prayer for some of you tonight. Heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. For you are the one I praise. For you are the one I praise. Now, if you want another level in your healing, this is it. It's like you are praising God before the healing happens. You know, one of those ten had manners and he came back to thank Jesus after he healed him. 
This is yet another level. It's like you are praising God before you get your healing. He says, God, heal me and I will be healed because you are the one I praise. I'm praising you already for the healing that is going to come. Even though I don't, I don't see it yet, even though I haven't received it yet, even though I don't see it manifested yet, I already praise you, Jesus. You are the one I praise. You are the one I praise. In, in this verse, praise precedes healing. Praise comes before your miracle. And so for just a moment, I wonder, we're going to pray in just a second. I wonder if we can just do some praise. If we can just like everyone, wherever you are, if you can just start praising God, releasing the sound of faith, the sound of praise, the sound of gratitude all over in this house. I felt that God wanted to do something tonight. Because... Some of you have been waiting for a miracle for too long. And you have found your support group. Where <laughs> there is always some people that are more miserable than you are. You have found a support group. But you haven't received your breakthrough. And I felt that God is in the house tonight. And He wants you to make an action of, an action of faith. A... a a step of action and what I want to <clears throat> ask you to do is if you need your miracle tonight something you've been praying for whether it's physical healing or it may be a marriage situation it may be a family situation it may be in in the area of your finances and and you feel that God has been speaking to you tonight and that he has been uh, stirring your faith and calling you to action. I'm going to ask you to step out of your seat and just come to this altar of faith, altar of just crying out to Jesus tonight. Just get out of your seat wherever you are and make this tonight the first action of faith, the first step of faith. And this God is going to require many more in, in, in these future days. But if you need to make your own action tonight, like, yes, Lord, I'm going to respond. I'm going to act in faith. I'm expecting my miracle. I'm going to ask you to just step out of your seat and just come here right now. Manifest your faith. Manifest your expectation tonight. God is looking with His faith thermovision. He's looking if there is faith in the house tonight. But faith is action. Faith is action. Faith is something that God is looking in your heart where you, you would actually respond to that. It's not passive. It's an action. It's a step. Come on, we'll wait for just one more minute. Maybe, maybe you are like, yeah, I've been praying for this for too long, but I haven't seen God move. But there is something inside of you tonight like a God birthed seed of faith tonight and he's looking for that and he's calling you yeah faith is not emotion it's an action it's not an it's not about emotion it's not being emotional it's about action and you have made this step to Jesus tonight and I want to say this that 
I believe that as we step out in faith that God is actually giving you his miracle, his breakthrough in your life. For some of you, in Jesus' name, he's healing you physically right now as we speak. For some of you, you're receiving your healing right now in Jesus' name. We declare that in faith, in authority, in Jesus' name. For some of you, God is actually restoring your soul. He's restoring your soul. The things that were wounded by the enemy in your past, He is restoring you. He's restoring you from, you know, from the, uh, from, from the spiritual leprosy. He is restoring you. He's restoring the image of God in your life. Emotionally and, and your, your wounds are being restored fully in Jesus' name. Where there was uh, depression, He is restoring joy. Not artificial joy, but true joy in His Holy Spirit. He's restoring relationships, restoring marriages, restoring families. And even for some of you in your financial area, I felt that God wants to restore faith in this area in some of your life because you have experienced like breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. And He wants to restore that in your life by faith. Because He's the provider. He's the Father. Come on, come on. So just for a second right now, you by faith, stretch out your hand to Him and just receive that. Simply receive it now in Jesus' name. And just tell Him, Lord, I receive it as a child, like a baby. I receive it from you today. I receive it from you. I receive it from you. I receive my miracle, Jesus. I receive my new chance, new beginning. I receive that tonight. Come on, come on, come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Karadatasi todotos. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name. We rebuke the liar in Jesus' name. We rebuke the liar in Jesus' name. And we say that Jesus is the Lord. We say that He's the miracle worker. He's the way maker. <laughs> He's the way maker. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We take authority over every single attack of the enemy, every cloud of the enemy. We declare that the heaven is open and that the miracle worker is here. In the name of Jesus, receive your miracle.